Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. So let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. Bing bong. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome in to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740. TV 10, Comcast Channel 10 in Berkeley and Jefferson Counties. And this show is sponsored in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home, proudly serving our area since 1880. Spencer Puinick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, our intern, Avery Newport, running things here on the TV 10 side. Happy to have you with us as uh start to talk about some EPAC baseball. We had a thriller last night. Colin, you were on the call for that one. And uh, definitely kind of, not that we didn't expect it to go this way, but it was definitely a lot closer game and kind of saw the – we hadn't seen Washington yet. We'd seen their game changer and, you know, their stats and whatnot, but we hadn't seen them in person yet. And uh, they really uh, are putting together a team, a great team so far. Yeah, they came out and were the aggressors against uh, Jefferson to a lot of people's surprise there at Sager Field. Adam Sedlock was uh, pitching a gem f- through the uh, first couple innings, didn't allow any hits. uh Led for nothing, and then eventually Jefferson was able to get their timing and get uh, the bats to ball. Came back, tied it up at four apiece, and seventh inning it was all Colin Reed playing the hero on both the uh, hitting side and pitching side of things for Washington, getting the RBI double to give Washington the lead in the top of the seventh and came in for the uh, save opportunity and was successful in uh, getting three outs against Jefferson, even though they had uh, runners threatening on base, and Washington gets the upset win over Jefferson there on the road. The Road Warriors is what uh, Coach DeSarno called them during the pregame interview I had with him, and he was correct. He definitely was correct, and uh, obviously, you know, you look at the Jefferson team now, six and one on the season, and um, you know, it just seems like now we've got a contender out there in Washington, and. That uh, kind of throws a wrench into what we thought was going to be the, you know, the predicting the future standings for the end of the season. I think Washington's got a legit shot to be in the region. Well, I think what impressed me was uh, Washington gets up four nothing, and you see Jefferson come back tied at four, and Washington s- stood within the game and, and continued to battle and. Uh, didn't let that comeback turn into a comeback loss. Instead, just kind of held them off and kept it tied and then eventually won the game in the seventh inning, which it seems like usually when you're playing a team like Jefferson that's been known as really the the power in the EPAC, if you kind of blow that lead, like they're going to take control and take uh, and continue to pour it on once they tie the game at four, but that didn't happen. Um, so I think that shows that Washington is a legit team this year in the EPAC, a team you have to look out for. Uh, obviously, Jefferson didn't use Sammy Roberts when they probably could have if they wanted to. Uh, but um, that's going to be a very competitive side of the section. It's going to be a very competitive rivalry this year. Uh, and those two teams are going to be very tough, like a lot of these teams in the EPAC are. But I think uh, – 
Washington's really stepped up now as a, as a team to look out for. I think you make a, a solid point there uh, with Sammy Roberts. I mean, you had Wobnitz come in, throw 60 pitches, and giving up that final run to take the loss there in three innings. And I think potentially later in the season, and this is you know getting close to the very end of the season, that you, you maybe pull Wobnitz and throw in Roberts there because he had the ability to only throwing 30 pitches the night pri- or under 30 pitches the night prior. Um, I think if this is a you know a big end of the season regular or end of the season game, I think potentially you look at that. But it's so early in the season still. I think they've got to kind of see what they have from Wabnitz, how he kind of goes into these situations, just to see where they are. Because you know, as Trip mentioned a few times, you know, you look at this Jefferson team, they're they're very good, but a lot of these players don't have that much experience on the varsity level level because they had so many players graduate last year. So they're kind of trying to still see what they have from all these players. Yeah, I expect both teams to uh, continue to be really competitive in other games, and I look forward to seeing when they meet up again here in the regular season. It was a great game last night, and I'm expecting more from uh, both teams, and I'm expecting a lot now from Washington after that win. And I think, you know, the weather factors into this ball game a lot. Obviously, this game was slated to be played tonight. They moved that to Wednesday night, Wednesday after evening, early evening, and a very, very windy day there at Sager Field. You could see one to two home runs from Horowitz if it wasn't for how the wind was playing the ball or the ball was playing off the wind. Yeah, the wind going from the outfield uh, to home plate there kept a lot of balls into the air to allow for uh, possible flyouts that could have either been a home run or at one point we even saw what we thought was going to be a uh, just pop up to the second baseman drift all the way over towards the fence on the first base side. That's how much the uh, wind was playing a factor in last night's game, but both teams have to go through it each and every night so we'll see if there is much of a difference the next time uh they play there at washington maybe we'll see different pitchers for jefferson as you said no sammy roberts in last night's game but sedlock i felt like was probably the uh best pitcher for washington i could be I, wrong he, he and if i am really, wrong really well then this washington team is going to be special this year we don't we didn't even talk about him much and, and i mean he had a heck of a ball game four and two thirds kind of got chased out of there uh only allowing one earned run there uh with 86 pitches in four and two thirds innings he had a heck of a ball game but the, i think the timeouts that jefferson was taking definitely probably got to his head eventually but sedlock a, a heck of, of a ball player and i think he could be a guy that can that helps washington contend late into the postseason um other teams uh in action last night across the epac we were looking at the the game on game changer at the towards the end of our game hedgesville was down to east hardy and they came back and they won in extras 10 to 7 on a five run top of the ninth and the Eagles are now 6-2 and two on the season. That's a little scare there from what we saw from East Hardy a couple of weeks back at Martinsburg. Yeah, I think uh, either East Hardy's gotten a lot better or maybe Hedgesville overlooked them a little bit. Uh, it's kind of similar to what we saw in the Martinsburg game against Petersburg when they got down 7 nothing early in that game and battled back and found a way to get the win. Uh Hedgesville did get the win, which is the most important thing, but obviously it is a little bit concerning that you got down to East Hardy. Uh, but still a win's a win and a, a good way to 
bounce back and get back into that ball game, but not the kind of performance Coach Grove wanted to see out of his team. Uh, so still a uh, good win, but like I said, not really the performance you want from Hedgesville, but for them to battle back and, and kind of regain that focus is important. It is a good sign for this team. Yeah, it was a uh, it, it was a shocking uh, game we've seen, or at least the one time we saw East Hardy, they really struggled. But granted, it was the first game of the year, I believe, or second game of the year for uh, them, and it was a twenty-seven to two thrashing by Martinsburg. I, I don't know what really happened there for Hedgesville, but they still got the win. So you just gotta forget about it now and move on, I guess. Hey, we've got a comment from our color analyst on the Facebook stream. Uh, he said, "Surprise, Jefferson uh, actually pitched to Reed. He thought they would intentionally walk him and take the chance with Smith with men on first and second, two outs. So that's an interesting take to that ball game. Sars wanted to get that in it, there. It was a long at bat, so I mean they could have uh, done that there late. I think I said it was." 10th pitch it might have been more during that at bat where he got the uh base hit there to left center to get the stand-up rbi double so it would have been interesting to see you don't really see that a lot in high school uh baseball intentional walks i think what we saw one so far this season yeah and uh Definitely, yeah. We've got to get wrapping up on this segment, though. We've got Ernie McCook joining us here at 1230. Uh, just to get a couple other th- scores from last night. Uh, Martinsburg beat Berkeley Springs 11-3. to And Musselman bounced back after their bad loss to Jefferson as they beat Frankfurt 13-7 to following a seven-run top of the seventh. Uh, Martinsburg is now, I believe, 6-1 and because they have that one loss there to Jefferson. And had just, or excuse me, Apple, the Applemen are now three and three. Hedgesville six and two. Washington four and one, and Jefferson now six and one as well with that loss. Uh, but that'll do it for this first segment of the sports mix. Brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com. On the other side of this break, we'll talk some college hoops action. The uh, Cinderella story in St. Peter's has to find a new coach. As their coach got hired away, we'll talk about that and uh, much more in a uh, quick college hoop segment after we return after this two-minute break. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. These days Hagerstown Ford continues to be your leader in car sales up and down the I-81 corridor. We will beat any and all competitors' prices. And we've made buying a new car easier than ever with one-day delivery better than Amazon and a return policy better than Walmart. Your satisfaction is our guarantee. If you don't like it, simply return it and we'll come pick it up. No questions asked. Why would you shop anywhere else? At Hagerstown Ford, we take great pride in our community and supporting our local student-athletes. That's why Hagerstown Ford is the official car dealership of Shepard Rams quarterback Tyson Bagent. Our remote buying process has made new car shopping so easy, you'll never even set foot in a dealership. Simply go to HagerstownFord.com and click on the car you want to buy it, or use the Axle Auto app. It's that easy. You can order your new car on any device. Go to HagerstownFord.com and get your new car signed, sealed, and delivered from Hagerstown Ford. 
Safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood helps you build your safety skills with our defensive handgun one course taught by NRA certified instructors. You must have already completed the basic handgun course as a prerequisite for this course. Valley Guns 2 will conduct this class Saturday, April the 23rd. Valley Guns 2 is also accepting registrations for the defensive rifle carbine one course April 24. Classes beginning April 3 will be held at the Valley Guns 2 Firearms Training Center located in Bloomery, West Virginia. Find out more at valleyguns2.com. Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials, including Trivia Night Monday, Karaoke Tuesday, Steak Night Wednesday and Sunday, Thursday Night Boneless Wing Night, and on Friday and Saturday nights, there'll be a DJ and or karaoke. And remember, Monday through Friday, happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m., $2 domestic bottles and $2.50 domestic drafts. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! Martinsburg Bulldog Football presents the 9th Annual Bulldog Golf Classic on Thursday, June 9th at the Crest Creek Country Club. Go to Martinsburg Bulldog Football Facebook page or martinsburgfootball.com for more information. Is it tricky? Nah, I think it's going to be left a little. Are you shut? Man, you got to get that thing off soon. Yeah, 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 it's good. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, streaming live on the TV 10 Facebook page. We're getting some college hoops action here, and then at 12:30 we'll be joined by Shepherd Rams head football coach Ernie McCook, and talk spring football. And uh, looks like their schedule's been dropped, so we'll talk about that with him and some more. Uh, but now let's talk some college hoops. Cinderella story in St. Peter's is going to have to hire a new coach. Their head coach uh, Shaheen Holloway has been hired away by Seton Hall. A move that I believe Colin predicted. I think a lot of people were uh, predicting that since he was a former player for them. So he already had the connection. There was a vacancy there at Seton Hall after Seton Hall's head coach went to Maryland. So it just seemed like the uh, right fit. The news broke there last night. You uh, said it during our broadcast there of the Washington-Jefferson game, and I hope he does well. It's a Big East school, so it's a step up, and they have been a uh, pretty good basketball school before. So it'll be interesting to see how he does there. You've already heard a lot of people want to play for him now as – you know the upsets there on the national venue of March Madness, and I think for St. Peter's has really changed his career and that school. And I think the way that he approaches the philosophy of coaching and what it means, just his interviews during the tournament, it, it kind of says a lot about the coach he is and how he has the players. Because when you get a group of you know teenagers to guys in their early twenties playing basketball in college, there's a lot of attrition. 
You know, people leave, people transfer, people leave, you know, they say, oh, or maybe they don't want to play basketball in college anymore. But he was able to do such a thing to get the camaraderie together. And, you know, due to COVID and stuff, they, they, you know, they spent a lot of time around each other. And he mentioned that multiple times during the tournament. So I think just his philosophy of coaching it can help anywhere. And he's reportedly agreed to a six-year contract at Seton Hall. So it's, it you know, six years, that's the long haul. I mean, at least if he plays through or coaches through his first contract, that's 2028. He's got a long time to, to build up the program, I think. But to, to go off your point, Spencer, I, I do like his coaching philosophy because he's a good game planner. We've seen that in the tournament, that he's game planned really well for all of his opponents that his team has faced and subsequently beat. So I think that's a good sign, too, going forward against, you know, now he's, he's coaching for a big-time program in Seton Hall, a Big East program. You know, it shows that if you can put together smart game plans, you can beat good teams, and he's going to have more talent to do it, too, at Seton Hall. So Yeah, and more resources. Yeah. Yeah, presuming he has success there, I think he'll be there a long time. Obviously, being an alum, um, that adds to it, and, and that's kind of like a dream job probably for him, so that makes a lot of sense uh, for him to leave St. Peter's for that job. Uh, Seton Hall has had success. Obviously, Coach Willard got them to the tournament six times during his run. Um, so will be kind of an already established program with some talent to build around and then an opportunity to recruit at a higher level than at St. Peter's. But he kind of already is in the region for recruiting too, so he, he probably has some familiarity with the coaches around the area um so that helps for him going there and i think it it will be a successful run at seton hall for coach hallway and a guy that uh did a great job at st peter's i'm interested to see what their where their program goes from here um obviously losing your head coach that typically leads to a drop off for a lot of mid-majors uh when jim laranaga left george mason they dropped off when uh what was the guy's name that went to USC? And it was Andy at Enfield. Edfield. Yeah. yeah. When he left, um, you haven't seen FGC or Florida Gulf Coast be really relevant in a while. Uh, I mean, they've had a few runs in the ASUN, I think, but haven't made, made it back to the tournament. So I don't expect St. Peter's to just emerge now as like the next Gonzaga, but uh, it will be interesting to see if they drop off or if they're able to continue to be a solid mid major. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so now. St. Peter's, the Peacocks, they're looking for a coach. And according to New Jersey Advance Media's Adam Zagora, Zagoria, if I said that correctly, St. Peter's, quote, St. Peter's is targeting Rutgers men's basketball assistant Brendan Knight to replace Shaheen Holloway per sources. Uh, Knight just finished his sixth season as assistant under uh, Pickle, Pickley, Pick, I, I'm not Steve I don't know how to say your last his last name. His coach his previous coaching experience includes a ten year run at Pitt beginning in two thousand six. He was point guard for the Panthers from ninety nine to 03. Uh Knight is a New Jersey native and advanced to eleven NCAA tournaments either as a staffer or as a student athlete, including two, four Sweet Sixteen appearances. So uh, that's a good person, a good coach to get in if they do are able to reach an agreement with him because he's got the experience he's got the you know the power five the you know that kind of experience working there and if you can bring him in i think that could be a good thing for st peter's to stay relevant because when you're in college basketball you become a cinderella story you either don't you you never heard from again or 
you kind of stay at the mid-major spotlight. Your spotlight's still there in the mid-major, and that's something that we'll have, they'll have to figure out next season and as the seasons go by, depending on who they hire. Yeah, they're always pretty consistently competitive major mid-major programs. Um, so I, I think St. Peter's can try and strive for that. You know, I, I I think Knight would probably be a good candidate for them. As you said, Spencer, he's got a lot of Power 5 experience. He coached under Jamie Dixon at Pitt when they were a top program in the Big East for a long time. So, I, I you know, if they decide to go that direction, it might help. Um, I do think it's funny, though, that a guy whose last name is Knight might be leaving the Scarlet Knights. That uh-huh. seems like a perfect perfect match there, no? Funny. All right. Well, the five finalists for the Wooden Award were announced. Ochi Abaji from Kansas, Johnny Davis from Wisconsin, Keegan Murray of Iowa, Drew Timmy from – or is it Timmy? Timmy. Timmy from Timmy. Gonzaga and Oscar – Shibwe. Shibwe from Kentucky. Uh, we've got about a minute left in this segment – uh, who do we think is going to be the Wooden Award winner? I think uh, Ochi Abaji's got a great chance. I, I still feel like it's going to be Shibway. Just what he's done throughout the season, averaging a uh, double-double, has been dominating there at Kentucky, even though I hate to say it since he's a former Mountaineer that decided to leave. But he did well, so got to get over it and I've move on. That's where I've seen his name before. Whoa! Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember where it was. Uh, I'd have to go with Drew Timmy. He was the best player on the best team in the regular season. I don't know when the voting ended uh, for the Wooden Award, but I think that would make some sense. But you could go with any of them. Obviously, they have a great chance because they're one out of five. I'm going to go with Keegan Murray. That's my choice. Wow, we all, all right, we all chose. To, I mean, we didn't really even like talk about this before the show much about who's going to pick who uh all right well that does it for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by orsini's home store not just as a blind store any longer cabinets and designer bedding outdoor living it is family owned and operated located right here in martinsburg west virginia at 360 hack wilson way go to orsini's.com for more after this two minute break we'll be joined by shepherd rams head football coach ernie mccook spring ball is underway and their schedule's been announced we'll talk about that with him after after this two minute break continue the sports mix on talk rated wrnr tv 10 hi this is lauren from orsini's right here in martinsburg grilling is not just for the boys we are a platinum traeger dealer carrying the pro series all the way up to the timberline series We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. WVU Heart and Vascular Institute offers world-class heart care close to home. Our board-certified physicians are performing groundbreaking procedures using cutting-edge techniques, and that's why we're expanding our services to every corner of our region so you don't have to travel far to receive the great specialty care you deserve close to home. We're now accepting new patients at all four convenient locations in Martinsburg, Hagerstown, Shepherdstown, and Winchester. WVU Heart and Vascular Institute, world-class heart care close to home. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire. Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. 
Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Life can get in the way these days. We all know that. Work commitments, social commitments, volunteer commitments, family commitments. You put your heart into all of it. You've got enough to worry about already. Your roof shouldn't be one of those things. Everything should just work. But when your roof is in need of an upgrade, you shouldn't have to worry about that either. Modern Renovations, your four-state roofing solution. Reminding you that home is where the heart really is. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740. Streaming live on the TV10 Facebook. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, our intern, Avery Newport, running the board today. And we're now joined on the program by head coach for the Shepherd Rams football team, head coach Ernie McCook. And you can. Here we are. Coach McCook, how are you doing today? Yeah. Great, guys. How are you all doing? We're doing good. You're in the middle of spring football season here, uh, doing some workouts, getting on the field, uh, seeing how the team's looking for next year. What have you seen so far from your team here in, in spring practice? Uh, we've seen a lot of guys that have uh, progressed. Um, that's the goal, what we have going on here in the spring. Um, you know, we want to, you know, brushing up our game, uh, get better every day. Uh, find a way to be the best version of ourselves, try some new things, you know, so we have some experimental stuff going on on all three phases. Uh, But mostly we're just trying to get as many reps as we can with our football team to help those guys develop to be the best players they can be. Coach, I know you had a pro day the other day. Uh, How'd that go? And um, who are some of the guys are trying out, I guess, for potentially going professional? Uh, we did, and uh, it's pretty. It's a tough deal for small colleges, Division two, and even some FCS programs, mostly the Division two and Division three kids. And um, the NFL has some parameters with when they do a pro day, who can attend. Uh, so it has to be all draft eligible uh, players, and they have kind of an interesting caveat with it, where. If you're a player, you can either you can only work out in a state in which you played, or the state in which you're from. So if we have a kid from Virginia. He if he is allowed to get into a pro day at Virginia Tech, Virginia VMI, JMU, wherever it might be, he can go. He can go participate in that pro day if a scout requests it. If um, they're not and if if they're not they can work out on your campus or within the state so some of our guys if wvu would let them would work out could go to wvu's pro day well what we're finding is there's a lot of these schools that don't really want to overload the pro day so they don't really create a lot of opportunities for small college guys to go work out at the bigger schools um, so what we've done is we are we host a pro day here and we're modeling it after the Lone Star Conference. We're, we're opening it up to all the Division two schools and three schools in the state of West Virginia. And if they have pro- potential pro prospects that we would give them the opportunity to come to Shepherd 
and participate in a pro day, and it was run by the Baltimore Ravens, which I might add, the Ravens scouts did a tremendous job of running this, running the event from the early testing to the on-the-field testing, uh, the different things that they did. So we want to create this opportunity for our guys, and we also think by opening it up to other schools that we have a greater chance of getting more scouts here that will get their eyes on all the players. Uh, the guys that participated for us, um, Ponce de Leon, Chris Lane, Tyron McDade, Josh Gonteric, and uh, Cole Weaver. And I think they all did a nice job in the the testing that they did. They did uh, they, they came in and did a height weight. They started out with uh, did a vertical jump, a bench press, and uh, broad jump inside. And then we went outside. It was a pretty cold day on Tuesday. And um, then they did some on the field testing with forty two forty yard sprints, and then they did a hell drill five ten five, and then they did on the field positional work. So they had a full day. It started about ten a.m. and it finished up uh, just after three. So credit to the, all the teams that participated uh, with it. We had guys from Charleston, Glenville, West Liberty uh, that joined us, Bethany College. Um, and Fairmont State. So it was a good day. It was a good day for football, and it was a great opportunity for a lot of young men to get uh, have have the NFL scouts put their eyes on. And I might add, we had some Canadian football teams here, uh, the Edmonton Elks, that were represented by their head coach and their assistant general manager. So uh, what's the next step for the, those guys that uh, were at the uh, Pro Day? Have they heard uh, any possible other events that they can go to, or they just have to wait for the draft now? Well, some guys were in basically how like WVU and the University of Maryland will do it is if a scout requests for a small college guy that's eligible to work out at their Pro Day, they'll, they'll do that. And uh, – you know, we had some scouts request. I think it was Chris Lane and Josh Conteric uh, were at the University of Maryland yesterday, so they got a chance to work out for him again. I'm not sure I, I, if Ponce de Leon was, you know, there. Um, so I know that some of our guys were at the University of Maryland. And what will end up happening is the scouts will um, they'll do a write-up. They'll do an evaluation of everybody they had. If somebody tests very well uh, throughout the day, they'll reevaluate their film and move it and move it up the ladder to through the scouting department with each individual team that was here. And coach, uh, now getting back to uh, this team here for 2022, uh, we see on the uh, the schedules been released. You guys have that opening non conference game at Southern Connecticut. Kitt State on uh, Thursday, September first. What went into scheduling that game, and uh, how did how did that work out? Yeah, it's um, you know it's been tough uh, trying to find the right open date. Uh, we have an advantage uh, if we are able to play a in region game, and the Northeast Conference where Southern Connecticut is is an in region game. So I had communication with their head coach. He also was looking for a game, and uh, we have signed a two-year contract with them where we'll be on the road this year, and they will come to us in 2023. So 
Uh, I think this is the first time we've ever played Southern Connecticut. They're in New Haven, uh, Connecticut. We'll be playing them on opening them on Thursday night. I think it's September first. I think it'll be a great way to start the season for us. Um, one of the things I can tell you, fellas, our kids want to play as many games as they possibly can, uh, and it was a challenge to get the eleventh game. You know, and uh, I'm very feel very blessed that we have this ball game because I know our football team wants to can't wait to get out there and compete and play. Hey, hey, Coach uh, Ernie, McC- or I'm sorry, <laughs> Avery Newport here. Um, so your your spring game is on April 16th. It's in a few months. Um, yep. Few weeks, excuse me. So few weeks, yeah. Yeah. So, what are you looking forward to seeing from your team for the spring game? Are there any freshmen that you're keeping an eye on? Uh, yeah. Are you looking for Tyson to make some throws? What are you looking for? Well, what what we'll do is we'll we'll do a lot of situational work, and uh, this will be a game. This will be a, a day that we have officials, so the operation of the game environment will be a, a good deal for us. When we do our spring game, it's a little bit different than probably what people are used to seeing on TV with uh, the FBS schools. We're going to do some legitimate drill work, uh, some uh, like broken down um, team reps, whether it's what we call nine on nine. We'll maybe do some front drill, but we're just looking to get quality reps where our guys are executing. Um, then we want to be in a game setting, a you know scrimmage setting, uh, where we're operating like it's a game element. So th- we'll have two opportunities like this because we'll scrimmage. I think it's on the 29th, or I'm sorry, April 10th. I'm sorry. We're going to scrimmage this Sunday before the spring game with officials, and that'll give us opportunity just to, to operate in a game environment. But our our goal is that um, we we need to be really strong in our fundamentals. Uh, we need to be able to progress and and build a foundation for when we report to camp in August, that our guys are kind of prepared and ready to go. So you know when when we meet the challenges of preseason camp with the new guys coming in, there'll be some leadership and these upperclassmen that have gone through the spring practice. And building for the 2022 season, we'll have a great foundation. And coaches, the uh, spring game open to the fans? Yes. And, and in fact, all, all our practices and games are open to the fans. Uh, we're, we're on a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday schedule. Uh, but typically on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we're at 7 a.m. Saturdays uh, varies between 8 and 10 um, so I think we've, we're, I think this Saturday we're going to be at 10 a.m. in the stadium. Yeah, we open it up to fans and come watch. Uh, we're, we're in the stadium, and we're, we welcome anybody who wants to come and uh, get a get a peek of the Shepherd University Rams. Unless you're from somebody that's on our schedule, so we don't want anybody from Chippensburg or Southern Connecticut or Kutztown visiting us. <laughs> We have a uh, viewer, John Alderton, who also helps us out with our productions for TV10. Uh, he wants us to ask you, is there any transfers that we can expect to uh, see there coming in this season? Yeah, I think we've we Dwayne Grantham uh, has transferred from Lackawanna and has done a tremendous job for us. Uh, we're really excited about him, the Martinsburg product. Um he, he right now is in and participating in spring practice. So that's a good deal for us um, with him. 
And uh, we have an offensive lineman signed from Lackawanna as well, Donovan Reisner. Uh, we have some transfers that will be visiting here over the next several weeks and going into May. So uh, you can expect to see some transfers that will give us depth and in certain positions where we need some depth. Coach Ernie McCook, our guest on the Sports Mix. As Coach, uh, final question here. Um, some different opponents on the schedule in conference this year. You'll have Edinburgh uh, and Cal PA along with uh, Mercyhurst scheduled, Mercyhurst, yeah. um, unless you make the conference championship, which I'm sure is the goal. Uh, but what are yeah. some thoughts on some of those teams uh, that you'll play this year opposed to last year? Well, you know, the the schedule rotates every two years, and um, being in the cycle that we are now, uh, it's going to be a great challenge. Edinburgh, you, you, if you follow them, they have a new coaching staff. If you follow them over the, la- the the duration of last season, they got better. I think they beat IUP, was a great win for them. Uh, actually, probably was a game that knocked IUP out of the playoffs. And uh, you, you, so you know you're going to get a team that's going to come in and compete. Fortunately, we're at home. And then you had Cal- California, Pennsylvania, who had a tremendous season in 9-1. and one. And uh, they've got a quarterback that's going to, is a tremendous player, and uh, they're going to be, in, I think, coming on the 17th of September. And uh, so, with the opener on the first with Southern Connecticut, then we have um, Edinburgh at home, Cal at home, travel to Kutztown, and then Shippensburg. So, the first five weeks, you know, things are going to get defined, and then. We'll get in the back half of our schedule, which I think is a very difficult schedule. I think we have a very competitive schedule, and I think we're going to have tremendous challenges each and every week playing in the conference we're in. Um, And I think our kids have got to realize that. Our team needs to realize that. Everybody in the program, that we're going to have to work our butts off to be the most competitive team we possibly can be. Our Coach Ernie McCook, our guest. Thanks for joining us, Coach McCook. Appreciate you guys having me. Have a great day. You as well. And uh, that was Coach McCook, obviously getting ready for spring ball here, or in the middle of spring ball, getting ready to wrap things up with these scrimmages. Uh, But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford and Martinsburg, they became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up. We'll talk Wizards. Bruce Arians shocks the world last night. And, uh, the men's national team in soccer uh, clinches a spot in the World Cup. That when we wrap things up next on today's edition of the Sports Mix. Four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Do you love martial arts? Are you a little more Miyagi-Do than Cobra Kai? Dragon Warrior Kung Fu offers a well-rounded program designed to promote and encourage learning and growth in a family-friendly environment. Because Kung Fu is not just flashy fighting skills, it's a lifelong journey of self-discovery. Dragon Warrior Kung Fu. Call us at 304-350-0646 
learn more today. You need to keep your vehicle in good working order, but car and truck repairs can be very costly. Bears Repair in Martinsburg performs all kinds of auto repairs at prices most often well below their competition. Bears Repair offers tune-ups, oil change and lubrication, small and large engine and transmission repair, wheel balancing, front end alignment, exhaust system replacement, air conditioning checks, auto inspections, and new tires. Stop by for a free estimate at Bears Repair, 904 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg, phone 262-0208. Bears Repair. Ollie's VIP Northside is the best local spot to catch all of your favorite high school, college, and pro sports, or to hang out with friends. Ollie's has a great beer and cocktail menu, along with a food menu that will blow you away. Ollie's offers multiple TVs to watch the game of your choice from anywhere at the bar or their outdoor patio with cornhole and fire pit. So stop by and see for yourself today at 36 Veronica Drive in Martinsburg. That's Ollie's VIP Northside. We'll see you for the game. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back into for this final segment of the Sports Mix on your March 31st, 2022. Brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343, or you can stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Rosalini, Colin McLaughlin, our intern Avery Newport running the board today as we wrap things up on this edition of the Sports Mix. Kind of three chunk topics to talk about. Uh, different in different perspectives, different sports. Uh, but we'll start first with the Wizards, who have now won three of their last four ball games. Uh, they beat Orlando, who they should have beat. They there was no reason they shouldn't have beat them, but they beat them one twenty seven one ten. They're now thirty three and forty three on the season. Kristaps Porzingis probably had his best game as a Wizard. He had thirty five points with eight rebounds, and he went 11-18 from the field. Thomas Sadoransky had a double-double, and he didn't even score. He had 13 boards or thirteen assists, 10 boards. Uh, Daniel Gafford was the leading contributor off the bench. He had 17.7 rebounds and three blocks, and the Wizards uh, looked really good last night. Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, Porzingis playing well with the 35 points was nice to see. Uh, you know, a guy that... I'm pretty excited about for his future in Washington. I know he's had the injury issues, but like I said before, when he's healthy, I think he has a ton of potential to be a great player in this league, and he showed that last night um, with his domination. I mean, Orlando obviously isn't a team that has a guy that can really match up with Porzingis. They're not a great team, but the Wizards have struggled against some of the lesser teams in the NBA, like the Houston Rockets a few weeks ago, beating my double digits, so... Um, a good win. Like we said, at this point, it, it's going to be very tough for Washington to make the play in. Um, but see Porzingis have a good night and continue to, I guess, work his way into a, a nice role with this Washington team moving forward uh, if they're able to build a contender in the offseason. would be exciting. And uh, Porzingis has to be one of those guys that's healthy and playing well for them to do that. It, I didn't get to watch the uh, game, but you're always happy when the uh, Wizards win for them. Porzingis, if he continues to do well, I think will be a 
great fit in Washington. You just got to get some more additions if you want to be a uh, competitor in the NBA. The East is always open every single year. And if Beal's back next year healthy, you got Porzingis, Kuzma. Just got to add maybe one or two more guys, get some depth, and we'll see how the Wizards are next year. Six games remaining on the schedule. They could end the season 39-43 and 43 at best, uh, which I don't know. Would that put them in the... Depends on what happens play. with yeah, everybody, everybody else. Yeah, it might. Uh, but, uh, yeah, six games left in the season and uh, some tough teams on that schedule. You got Luka Doncic and the Mavericks on Friday. Uh, then on Sunday... The Wizards are at the Celtics. We saw the la- we were there the last time the Wizards took on the Celtics. Uh, it's not a good game for the Wizards. Uh, Timberwolves on Tuesday, uh, Hawks on Wednesday, next Friday the Knicks, and then they end things on Sunday, April tenth, at the Hornets. So uh, six games left in the season for the Wizards and another mediocre year. That started out. I mean, we got to talk about how the season started for the Wizards. They were what ten and three or something. They were like thirteen and three. They got off to a great start, weren't they? Yeah, 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 I believe so. But I mean, they were tops in the East. We by, knew at the time oh, yeah, we that knew it, it wouldn't be. Yeah, the team was not built for success. Uh, Friday, a, a Davis Barton's revenge game, potentially. Yeah, uh, who knows? He, he's terrible. Okay, it's <laughs> the least climactic revenge game. Yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie is on the Mavs, but I don't think he's healthy because right. he didn't play last game. So, who knows? All right. Well, that will wrap things up for this Wizards topic. We had him on last night after the show. Or we had the, sh- the game on with Dave Johnson on play by play after the baseball game. Uh, United States books a spot to the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Uh, Colin's the big soccer guy on the program. Uh, did you uh, get to see highlights from that contest? I watched uh, oh, lost the first again. half. <laughs> yeah. Watched the first half and then went to bed, but disappointed that they lost 2-0 to Costa Rica, but still happy in the fact that they uh, are finally in the World Cup. I have high expectations for this team. Yeah, they lost, but they had a lot of uh, changes in the starting 11, so you didn't really expect them to do much, and also, even a loss was okay, because they just it was, I think, goal differential-wise, yeah. if they would have lost by more than six, which won't ever happen, hopefully ever, between two teams like USA and Costa Rica, if that was the case, then there would have been a full implosion on that scale for the U.S. men's national team. But now we wait for tomorrow. Got to wait at 11.30 to see the draw of the teams. So we'll have to... Hope that USA gets a good draw and come November that they are ready to go in the World Cup and can do well in the group stage and get some respect back to the U.S. men's national team that has uh, been gone ever since missing the last World Cup. I'm not really a soccer guy, frankly. I like that they're in it, but, you know, that's that's and I will watch the World Cup, but, you know. Yeah, just exciting. Well, let's transition to the final topic of the day. Uh, A lot has happened in the last, I guess, two months with the Buccaneers. Two months would take it to January. They fell out of the playoffs. They lost in the playoffs. They didn't make the Super Bowl for back-to-back seasons. Uh, Tom Brady decides to hang it up. Then he decides to come back. When he comes back, the Buccaneers 
decide to re-sign a lot of, or a lot of players decide to re-sign with the Bucks because Tom Brady is back. Uh, and then last night, Bruce Arians shocked the world and just said, I'm retiring from coaching and I'm going to the front office. And uh, now taking over is Todd Bowles. Uh, kind of interesting because you do have, I think you have two ready coaches as your, like before yesterday, you had two ready coaches as your coordinators, but they chose Todd Bowles, the veteran head coach, who, or the guy who's been a head coach before, over Byron Leftwich, the budding offensive mind in the NFL. Um, I, I was kind of shocked they went defensive on that and they chose Bowles, but I see why because of his his head coaching experience. But I think should have given. Leftwich I don't know if a coaching shot. the Jets counts as head coaching experience. He though. got them the ten and six his first season, so. It's still head coaching experience. I mean, he didn't do great there. Um, but it's the Jets, so who does? Yeah. <laughs> 10-6 and six and not making the playoffs is a pretty good year for the Jets. Uh, what I was going to say is I I wasn't super shocked by this just because I had heard, or not, I didn't hear, like, personally, but read, I guess, on Twitter uh, about a few, like, the Brady and Arians weren't necessarily always seeing eye-to-eye. Uh, there was, like, a rumor going around that him and Leftwich would kind of game plan for a game and the Arians would come in and change it completely but he's still staying within the organization so it's a little bit surprising there and then they didn't name Leftwich the head coach if that's who Brady kind of got along with better that would make a lot of sense but um so I don't know how true that is uh but yeah I think um the Bucks will still be good I think you know taking over as the head coach of the Bucks when you have Tom Brady you have some of the best receivers in the NFL a uh, good offense all the way around. You have a good defense intact already. It's not going to be too big of a challenge for Todd Bowles to get that team at least to the playoffs, if not back to the Super Bowl, uh, when you have the greatest quarterback of all time leading your team. I mean, I feel like there are a ton of distractions this offseason, though. Like, I feel like that's got to have some kind what are of the impact big distractions, on this team. Really? Well, you had you had all the AB stuff, the Antonio Brown stuff towards that's the end gone, of last year. That's gone. That's over. Year. Right, but yeah, then that is over. you have Brady retiring, then unretiring in the same off season within six weeks. Then you have your coach leaving. Like I'm not saying that it's going to tank the team or whatever, but I don't know. I think their off season has kind of been a little disjointed. Maybe that does kind of trickle down and affect some of the guys on the roster. Who knows? But you know, it, it it's really not a typical off season that they've had, and they've had a lot of changes. And a lot of things that happen, and then you know, Allie Marpet just got some local yeah. breaking news. What's that called? Class four A All State Girls Basketball Team. Oh, that was last night. I saw that came out, like, and want to say night. some congratulations to some Spring Mills Cardinals. I meant to put that in the show. getting in, and it's on the second team. Kyla Dandridge and honorable mention Corinne Edsel, as well as Olivia Bolduke making those lists so congratulations to them no surprises there you can't you gotta go through the rest of the honorable mentions colin i know Uh, i probably should have i just scrolled up there are a few i was gonna point that out and put that in my sports report for tomorrow found it too late last night um uh kelly ors my mary rivera uh hedgesville and Hedgesville and Washington, respectively. I do believe somebody else got there in as well. I could be wrong. The list is so long and jumbled, it's hard to find. Yeah. Uh, Justice Lee from Jefferson. Uh, Kyla Fitzpatrick from Musselman. Um, The way that they put this list out is just hard to, to read straight through. 
So I've got to go in and Caleb highlight the names. Patrick. I said that, yeah. Oh, I thought you said All right, well, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, thanks to head coach for the Shepherd Rams, Ernie McCook, for coming on, talking to us about spring ball and looking forward to next year. Um, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, no game tonight from us. We'll be back on the air tomorrow night for a game. That is Spring Mills at Hedgesville. And then, uh, so, for our intern, Avery Newport, Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Priest saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 12.08 p.m.